That's what that's how my life is now. It's a 12 year old me. What would I do at 12 years old if I just had money to do and freedom to do whatever I want? That's what I do now. Like I, you know, talk to pretty girls. I go to clubs and bars. I travel around the world. I do cool shit like jumping off cliffs and and I go scuba diving. I train jujitsu in Brazil. I do all these cool things, and I would be my hero. So that's my biggest thing. You know, if, if you guys take anything away. Create a life where you will be your hero at 12 years old. Every time I thought I got it made, it seemed the taste was not so sweet. So I turned myself to face me. But I've never caught a glimpse of how the others must see the faker. I'm much too fast to take that test. Bomb DI back in bold. Got a great guest today, the minority nomad, Mr. Eric Prince. How did I come across him? Well, at this time, I'm supposed to be in Thailand. I was going to go to Bangkok first, but due to our little situation that the past two years I ended up in Brazil where the freedom is and uh, I heard an interview with uh, Mr. Prince with traveling with Kristen it was a really good uh, interview it sounded like you had all the connects in Bangkok and you were the man to talk to if I was going to move there so what did I do I leveraged uh, the beauty of women and I had uh, my friend (laughs) who's going to come travel with me uh, message uh, the minority nomad and he got back to her right away and gave her a, a ton of information. And we were all set, ready to rock and roll, but it ended up not happening because of the situation. And then I just saw you on Foreign Strategies, and we had uh, T-Bob on a couple of weeks ago. Really good dude. So I watched some of that, and uh, I'm like, shit, let's uh, let's shoot my shot. And I got him, and I'm excited because you got a wicked background. You got the ex-military. You've been living an expat life for a long time. Your content is very good. You're bold. You say it how it is. So uh, the minority nomad, Mr. Uh, Prince, how are you doing? I'm good, man. Thanks for reaching out, man. I'm glad we got a chance to put this together. Now, the the Bangkok, Bangkok situation is not too good, huh? You were just telling me. Yeah, man, it's rough. Uh, you know, especially for those who've been here before. It, it, it's like, uh, it's, it's definitely not Bangkok, I would say. I was just talking to a friend of mine uh, who just moved here. She just got here. And, you know, she was saying that it wasn't what she thought it would be. And I was like, this is 20% of what Thailand normally is from, you know, things to do, from traffic, from crowds, from clubs. And that, it's only 20% of the fun, you know. So don't judge Thailand on what it is now. And uh, people who were reaching out to me, asking me to come, I say, wait till January, January, February time frame. Because between now and then, ugh, it's, it's going to be rough. It's going to be a r- rough winter for us. I have a question. You've said you spent the last eight years in Bangkok. What is it with yeah. the, the Asian culture and following rules? It seems like they love to listen to like China. China is really, mm-hmm. hey, whatever you want me to do, daddy government, like I'll do it. But it mm-hmm. seems like it has to do with a lot of uh, the Asian side of the world. What is with that? Yeah, it's a it's a matter of respect. Um, you know, it, it's if, from a, a American perspective, we are very individualistic. Our culture is built on me, 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 me which has his positives and his negatives, um, as I saw when I just went back home. Uh, but most Asian cultures are very community-driven, very family structure. 
which is what we used to be, you know, a few decades ago. You know, we were the exact same way. Um, and, you know, it's a varying degrees of success here in Asia. It's worked for them. You know, um, you know, Japan, Korea, China, man, people talk shit about China, man, but their, their, their strategies worked. <laughs> I mean, Americans love talking shit about China, but they're winning. <laughs> like, they're dominating in pretty much every aspect of the game. So um, when it comes to that and, you know, being an American is frustrating, especially here in Bangkok and Thailand, you know, rules change like the wind blows here. It's like we were supposed to uh, bars and restaurants and clubs were all supposed to start opening December 1st and they pushed everything back to January 15th, just randomly with no explanation really. And, you know, we've been dealing with that shit for two years here. And most, uh, you know, you have a young generation of Thais who are rising up, especially Thai Americans, but uh, those who were born and raised in Thailand, not not really rising up. It's just not a cultural thing. You know, they're, they're taught to respect authority. Um, from teachers to the prime minister, everybody above you is going to tell you what to do and you're going to do it. You said that about China. I agree. They, they do the long term, the long vision. Oh, play. they're brilliant. I mean, they're brilliant. Yeah. Long game. They're about they're it. It is very interesting. But you said that the Americans used to be like that, you think? Yeah, in the 50s, America yeah. was built on pioneers. No, and then building the fucking railroads and going out. West oh, no, no, I meant, no, 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 no. Um, I meant, I meant as far as the family and the community values. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah as opposed, I would say the the massive, um, the the egotistical slash individualistic transition started during Reaganomics, the nineteen eighties, nineteen nineties, greed is good time. That was the I shift. Love Wall Street. Yeah, you know, um, I mean, great, great it, movie, it, it, a fantastic movie. Um, but it was it was a culture shift. You know, you, you had these highly intelligent slash um, privileged uh, young men and women who came up in the 80s and the 90s, uh, who, who were in their late teens, early 20s, who saw, you know, Wall Street, they saw Reaganomics, they saw um, these opportunities to become hyper wealthy. And those people have set the trend for what the United States is now. So is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? I don't know. It's going to depend on who you ask. Uh, for me, when I went back home, um, and I don't know if we have time to talk about my experience back in the States, but it was just absolutely disgusting, the shit I was seeing back home. So, uh, you know, matter of perspective, I suppose. Okay, what about the Carnegies, the Rockefellers, the, what was his name, Mellon or whatever? Yeah, These yeah people Carnegie Mellon. Hyper, yeah. hyper capitalistic, and they built – America, basically. You know what yeah. I mean? So what is the difference between the yuppies and the Gordon Geckos compared to these people? I mean, you know, I, I, would would argue, I would argue, one second, I would argue yeah. the Carnegie's actually create, they created value. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then the Gordon Geckos, they're taking value and, and yeah. you know, manipulating it. And is that kind of the idea or what? Well, you know, you had those family, the Carnegie's, the Fords, like even, let's go, let's even go step back to say Barry Gordy. Let's go back to Motown as well, you know? Um, famous Amos, you know, like these people, they built these companies and they built their family name. They built their communities up. You know, they put these plants in places like Cleveland and Pittsburgh in the heart of America. You know, they gave the middle class an opportunity to, to rise above. They gave the low class opportunity to rise above. So they built the American middle class. The difference is you had these Gordon Geckos. I remember there was that scene in Wolf of Wall Street. It's like you're taking money from this pocket 
and you're putting it in this pocket, but you're taking some in the middle right here. You're just moving it from one place to another. And it was like, it's just coming out of thin air. And that was the probably one of the best representations of what we ended up doing is like, we don't build shit. We don't create anything. Like we just, we stopped innovating as a country. And honestly, man, it's terrifying. It's terrifying as a world traveler because I see what's coming. You know, like uh, I'm, I'm almost 40 and I'm blessed to have the work ethic that came up, that came from the 1980s. Like that, that like, yo, you get what you, what, what you put out into the world. Like if you're going to grind, you're going to work hard, you're going to focus, you're, you're going to study, you're going to be successful. Maybe it's not the same in the U.S. where you go to, you know, um, um, uh, Ivy League school and you're guaranteed a six-figure salary. Those times might be dead. But the work ethic, work ethic never dies. That never goes away as, as, as a, a, a trait uh, of uh, prosperity. Those You have an entire generation who, who they're stuck. So they came up right behind that individualistic um, generation, that the Silicon Valley generation. The Zuckerbergs and the the Musk and the the Bezos that generation and the Mark Cubans right, yo you can't be Mark Cuban anymore. That shit's over with. You missed the boat on that. You might get lucky, but those days are over. You're gonna be working for somebody. That's it. That's just where you are right now. But if you can shift, you can pivot. You can make a way for yourself. The problem is they don't have the work ethic of a Mark Cuban, of a Zuckerberg. What's the lady who invented Spanx? I can't remember her name. No clue. I can't, but I'm sure you know, she's a fucking billionaire. Like, yeah. like she came from that generation. Even the JK Rowling, like they came from that generation of you create something, you work hard and you become successful. They, they have those instilled in them. But everybody now, they just want to be a YouTuber and they want to be this influencer culture without putting in the grind and the work because they don't know how. So, there's a lot of points there. I mean, for sure, yeah, there's an all-out yeah. attack on the middle class. It's probably been happening yeah. since the, the gold standard got taken oh, yeah. off. Um, uh, obviously, there's there's issues with the politicians selling out, you know, to the yeah, Chinese, yeah. the manufacturing, all that kind of stuff, for sure. But it's also the individual's fault. I mean, we bought all the toys for Christmas from China at Christmas when we were younger. Know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. it's it's a it's a give or take. And, and like you said, we complain about China on our iPhones. <laughs> like what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, they make it. Yeah, they make it. There, there definitely is. Um, I don't know what if it's the phone or the the social media and the instant gratification that kind of the younger people are going through that uh, makes us just want everything. There's a huge movement going on right now on Reddit, and a lot of people, millennials and Gen Z, anti work and just bitching mm-hmm. about uh, uh, yeah. work, any sort of work, mm-hmm. and oh, they're the you know a lot of uh, Marxist ideas, etc. But it's fascinating. Like, where does this come from? I think it probably comes from seeing all these rich people constantly on our phones, seeing all these people traveling, seeing all this, and you get jealous. Back in the day, you'd only see it on uh, that one show every week, the lifestyles of the yeah. rich and well, famous. The rich and famous, yeah, occasionally. Now yeah. it's drilled into everybody. And they're like, oh, this isn't fair. You know, I got the shit yeah. out of the stick. And then instead of taking yeah. action, they just sit back on their ass and, and bitch about it. Well, see, man, you're you're a lot more you're a lot kinder about this than I am, right? I'm I'm a fucking beast when it comes to this. Um, I blame I blame liberals. I blame liberalization. Um, and uh, and and people say, oh well, you got to blame conservatives for destroying this and that. I was like, this is what liberals have created. They've created a fucking monster. Um, I want to say it was Margaret Thatcher who said the problem with socialism is you eventually run out of other people's money. Yeah. I believe it was Margaret. I can't recall. And it was like you have this shift. 
this hyper left push that is is rooted in ideology, but not in reality. And you, you're teaching these kids that life is fair. I don't know about you, Nick. I was never taught life was fair, ever. That was the greatest part about being raised as a black man in America. Life is not fair. Life will fuck you over and you gotta find a way to get around it, right? So if I know for a fact that if I open this front door, I'm gonna get shot. You know what I'm gonna do? Not open the fucking front door, okay? The greatest gift that we've been given is that the game is rigged against us. So you can find a way to get around that because you still got to eat. You got to find a way. Uh, Damon John did it. Sean Puffy Combs did it. Like Colin Powell did it. There's so many amazing uh, people in the United States who've gotten around these, these, um, these barriers that exist, that are very real barriers, right? But what they did not allow themselves to do was have a, a vocal a vocal group say, hey, you are abused, you are oppressed. Uh, 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 all right, I can't eat that though. I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't eat that rhetoric. What do, what do I do? The system's not gonna change. The United States, in my opinion, right? I'm almost 40 years old. It is no, like in the past decade, what's changed? We've had Black Lives Matter, which I support. What have they got done? We had President Obama. What they made he, a lot of money. What you mean? They made a lot of money for themselves. <laughs> like uh, President Obama, who I love to death. He's a hero, man. I think he's an amazing president. What changed for black people? Like, I'm like, this the 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 one thing about the United States of America, it's very transparent. It will clearly tell you you're not welcome. We don't give a fuck about you. We don't care. And it's like the liberals have convinced an entire generation, entire races of people that they care when they don't do anything. They've convinced an entire generation, entire races of groups of people that they're abused and they're oppressed and there's nothing you can do about it but march. Here's what I think too. I think they're both the same, okay? But the conservatives just say it straight out, like, hey, here's what we're going to do. And oh, the yeah. liberals try oh, to hide it, but they work for the same yeah. people. You know what I mean, but let I me agree. ask you because normally I'm the one that's bashing America. I I, mm-hmm. I agree with you that our hyper hyper capitalism, the the ego. There's a there's pros and cons to that. There's a reason we went to the moon. Mm-hmm. There's a reason oh, people yeah. watch Netflix. There's a reason that my dollar mm-hmm. is so powerful in Brazil. You know, but then we work so hard and we're not cultured mm-hmm. and you know it, we live in a bubble. So I get this part, mm-hmm. but let me ask you this: Is there a better place to be born black than America for opportunity. No, no, no. and it's not even close. Yeah. It's not even close. Uh, today is the greatest day in the history to be a black man on the planet Earth. It's, it's not even close. Um, and, and again, I give our country shit because I love it so much. I served for 10 and a half years in the US military. I love our country. Um, but what we are now is not ever what we set out to be, and it's not what we should be. And anybody who claims they are a patriot should be looking at the things that are fucked up from a national perspective. You see, our country has gotten to a point where, let's say gay rights, for example. The LGBTQIA community cares about gay people, their community. And whenever they say something or whenever they do something, it's for their community. Bless them. God bless. Black people do the same thing. Uh, Christians do the same thing. Everybody does the same thing. 
But when you come from that perspective, when you come from that angle, you you isolate and segregate so many communities because everybody's going to, people start to look at it like, oh, they're trying to take away something from me. They're trying to take away this thing that I have, right? That's an instant conflict, right? And our country has been, and, and, and these organizations have put us at odds with each other. If I saw you, Nick, right? If I saw you just sitting on a fucking beach, right? And I'm walking on the beach. You don't look like a threat to me. You don't. You're just a guy. I'm like, let's have a beer. Let's talk back and forth. The likelihood of our religions coming up, our sexualities coming up is very, very slim. But we've got this point. We got to a point where people are now being judged based on their political affiliation, based on their sexuality, based on their skin color, based on what state they're from, based on if they get a vaccine or not. And that's not how our country used to be. It was like, look, you're American. I'm American. Let's figure this out together, right? That's I don't care if you're gay. If you don't, all right, whatever. But you can't say that anymore. I can't, I don't give a fuck if you're gay. I don't care. Oh, you're not an ally then. What the fuck? I just told like that's and that's that's just one example. Like we have that in our community as well. Um, as African Americans, we there's a big divide within our community in regards to what we should and should not be protesting or what we should and should not be doing and who we should support and what parties we should be going. That's an internal conflict that we've been dealing with for decades. And it's Eric, like, Eric, let, me ask you, let me ask you something quick. Um, how did Caesar conquer Gaul? I, I don't know. Divide and conquer. conquer. He got all the tribes to go against each other. Then he teamed up with mm -hmm. this one. Oh, they beat this one. Now yeah. they take on this one. Mm -hmm. That's what they're doing in America. Every freaking group, like you're yeah. just saying, all the LGBs, the the Black Lives Matter, the um, the Tiki Torch people. The I mean, yeah. it's all divide and conquer. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know if it's China, Russia, um, the powers that run the world, but something's happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, it's it's brilliant. I mean, it's brilliant to see if you're a student of history stepping back. And you look at it, you know, even with the uh, divide and conquer with the Gauls, you, you can look and okay, a a a divided people is easy to manipulate. And the moment you get uh, the majority together, it's going to be a problem for the minority who tend to be the ones in power. So if you can keep everybody at odds, you know, you can blame. I mean, you you saw it in New York, like you saw it. Okay, those Irish immigrants, like gangs of New York, was a great example. Of that, you know, and and it's 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 frustrating, but you know, hopefully we we can with stuff like this, we can try to get as many people out of that uh, bubble as possible. It's it's all about power. I think it's always been like that. It's in human it's nature, and is. whoever does run shit, which like I agree with your point. I think it's literally ninety nine point nine 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 percent of Americans versus a small small minority of ultra wealthy people that we probably don't even know about that are really pulling strings, really making moves. And then they got their henchmen underneath them. Know what I mean? But if you go down this route and it's great that we can like speak on it and maybe it makes a difference or whatnot, but you go fucking crazy. Know what I mean? Oh, Why yeah. not try to live your life happy? Like you're doing in Bangkok or being in Brazil, beautiful woman, beautiful beaches. And yeah, spread the word. This helps our conscience. Know what I mean? We're mm -hmm. getting what we think is true out there, but if, if you just try to keep fighting and fighting instead of living and being happy, I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, because you're obviously not in well, America. So I, you're not on the front Yeah, lines. you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's an issue. You know, James Baldwin is one of my favorite authors, and he moved to Paris, and he was there during the Civil Rights Movement when Malcolm X and Martin Luther King Jr., Megger Evers were uh, all fighting on the ground, the Civil Rights Movement. And he had a conflict of not being there on the ground fighting the, the fight versus being overseas. 
you know, for me, it's this very similar position is that I can do more abroad than I can ever do on the ground there. Because realistically, I talk too much. I've got a big mouth. There's no fucking way I can be quiet in the U.S. And, you know, it will put me in this position where I become a target. And, and, and I will be a very easy target because I have a tendency to be big mouth in, in, in the front. From overseas, I have the freedom to impact change on an international level, to, to, to expose people around the world to what's happening in the United States. The U.S. should have been brought before the U.N. Human Rights Council decades ago for what they've done to African-Americans, systemically killing Black men in America and Black women and Latino men. And what. It's, it's baffling that the U.S. has not been brought up on that, but it's just the way the, the international powers work. But if you have people in Poland, if you have people in Italy and Spain, if you have people in Turkey, Thailand, and South Korea who see what's happening in the United States, how people have been treated, uh, how people of color have been treated, how immigrants are being treated, how people of a certain sexuality, economic class are being treated, then the international pressure can actually make a difference. For me, I'm trying to get as many Americans overseas as possible because life is just better for a vast when majority you, of people. When you're the top dog, you don't get brought up in the civil rights. I mean, we would have been destroyed uh, for the Middle East bombings. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I have a question. Yeah, no okay. power. Yeah. So do you think, um, I mean, has it ever worked? This multiculturalism, there's always going to be a divide in tribalism. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So where is your perfect utopia and has it even existed? You know what I mean? See, I so disagree. Like in America, I disagree with I disagree because America is a great one of the greatest examples of how multiculturalism has and can work. Created. The problem is, is there there has been a um, a uh, all, almost all white elite class uh, that has propped itself up. The United States, look at the U.S. Congress. That's not representative of the people. Come on, what is Congress? Eighty percent wealthy white men. Like it's the most diverse Congress in history, but it's eighty percent white men. Who are becoming a minority in America like that's but you can't do anything because they're the ones in power they make the rules they literally give themselves pay raises like you can't like so the but when you when you go into where are you from in the U.S. Minneapolis area Minnesota all right all right yeah so you're from the Midwest I grew up in Cleveland uh, and I call Texas home if you went to certain parts of St. Louis you'd still be fine White dude goes to, to St. Louis, okay. You might, the worst case scenario, you might get robbed, maybe. But if it, we live in a place where you can go and interact with people from around the world, cultures from around the world in, in relative peace, there, there, there really aren't, like, I don't care what the fucking liberal media wants to tell you, there's no race riots going on in the US. There's no, you know, Latinos against blacks, blacks against whites, whites against Native Americans, Native Americans against Indian. That, that shit is made. That's it's made up, and it's it, it's it's exaggerated, and it's also a, a a product of the perpetuation of race in the United States. Races want race to be an issue, so when you have an elite class who all look the same who all benefit from race being at the tip of your tongue of everybody, which keeps us all divided, 
Of course, that narrative is constantly pushed. It's constantly presented as this massive issue. But on the ground, even in in Texas, Texas one Texas is a great example. Nobody gives a damn if you're black. Nobody cares. Most people care if you're a good person. Like, oh, he's a good guy. Okay, he's black. Cool. Like, maybe they don't want you to date their daughter, but they're not going to try to hang you from a tree. Like, the times have changed. Things are different now. Because, it, 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 and we refuse to acknowledge that in the U.S. So if we're going to talk about does multiculturalism work, the U.S. is a great example that it does work. Let me let me, let me make a point here. So I, I agree the multiculturalism created probably in the fastest amount of time, the greatest nation that maybe ever existed, peak power. Know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not for an extended yeah. period of time, like uh, yeah. uh, the Romans yeah. and uh, the Egyptians, yeah. but like at one time yeah. at peak, the U.S. controlled the world. Know what I mean? Yeah. But I think it worked because we all held similar values. Okay. Yeah. You could be different colors. You could be, uh, yes. you like your food this way. You wake up differently, but we had similar values well, related American. to freedom. Uh, you can do what you want. Leave me the fuck alone. Like mm-hmm. um, uh, pull your bootstraps up, that kind of shit. So we bonded right. on that. But I think we're getting to a point now. There's nothing really holding many together. And now we're getting really culturally divided. You know, black yeah. culture, white culture, Asians over here. Everyone's bickering at each other. And we're yeah. going back to tribal stuff. See, you know I don't I mean? think it's cultural. I don't, I don't think it's a cultural divide. I think those structures, are, those cultural norms are still there. I think a vast majority of us still have the same culture. I just think that the media has ha, has been able to hype up the the defensive points where they outweigh everything else. I honestly believe if I'm around anybody in the United States in America, born or raised American, we probably agree on 70% of things. And maybe another 10 to 15%, we don't really give a fuck enough to argue it. So let's say 80 to, to me, 80 to 85%. But it's that small 10 to 15% like religion, um, economic disparity, uh, social justice issues, um, uh, examples of abuse. Um, those things are hyped up. You know, the whole anti-vax thing is a great example. You know, vax or anti-vax. Like it's, it's to the point where it was like, are you fucking serious? This is a new political thing? Like we're making this political? You know, um, Texas, another example in the state of Texas, a small minority, I was like, yo, man, you guys are really trying to regulate women's bodies? Like, bro, you really are trying to make this a thing in Texas? Like, fuck out of here, man. Like, it's baffling. And I think you take, I think most people in America are fiscally conservative and socially liberal. I don't give a fuck what you do as long as it does not impact me. And if it if it does impact me, we're gonna have a problem. We're gonna have a conversation. We're gonna to try to figure it out. You know, um, I just I don't think it's a white culture versus black culture versus Latino. Like because again, we are segregated. White people say we're white people. Black people say we're black people. Latinos say we're black because that's just a comfort thing. That's a natural. That's a natural thing. Like naturally, you want to be around people who share certain values that you do. Tribalism. That's hardwired into us. Right. It's just, it's, it's a survival instinct. Yeah. So evolutionary survival instinct. Uh, but it does not mean that you're bigoted or, or prejudiced or anti somebody else. Right. So it's like, yeah, well, the, the little things have been um, because the people in power want to stay in power. It's brilliant. It's fucking, it's, it's like, you, I, I'm that guy who rooted for the villain. I, I'm a fan of the bad guy in movies. Like, like his plan is brilliant. How did he lose? <laughs> Um, okay. 
I, I see these points. Now, these people in power have also offered us a lifestyle that 99.99% of people in the world of history would have died for, would have wished for. You know what I mean? So obviously something worked, even if there's is bad. And there's bad going to be bad in everything. But, you know, what what America built and, and what it is still today, it's still more opportunity than, than look, on the Uber Eats, you can eat like a king did in medieval Europe. You know what I mean? I've seen more places than so many history people that that were explorers basically you know what i mean like yeah. i'm you too you're living a wonderful yeah. life you know what i mean oh, yeah. so something something happened that was good yeah. really good. oh yeah i mean it's not it's not all bad it's not all bad again i love our country um and, and you know i'm not dude if if i was a bill uh, like the richest person in the world nick you were the second richest person in the world and another friend of ours was the third richest person in the world we will rule the world based on how we see it like that's just the like it, it's 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 bullshit. Like this this idea that if you have or you you were given the power to shape the world in your image, that you would just give that away, it's fucking ridiculous. Like this is why I love and hate Bernie Sanders. I love that dude. He's my uncle, but what he's talking about, like bro, that's just it's unrealistic. It's unrealistic. It's a fairy tale. It's a fantasy that would that it's no way that can happen. And I'm okay. I'm like, look, historically speaking, I would much rather the United States of America being multicultural, being being crazy corrupt at times, um, being ignorant as fuck, be the global superpower than a lot of countries, a lot of lot of people who are in heads of state in other countries in the world. Like, imagine if the world was Russia was the world superpower, or China is the world superpower, the only one. No, 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 no. I, I, I will take the U.S. and all the the ugly warts and zits all over it, over a lot of these countries any day. Amazing. That was good 30 minutes on, on those topics. That was good. I want to ask you, because ever since I've been doing this traveling about human nature, I think you get to see obviously the best of it and the worst of it, but it's in your face. And I think that's why we can have these conversations because we see what people really are on their highest or lowest if they don't yeah. know you, if they if they do know you for two days, what have you gotten learned a lot from human nature through all your travels? Uh, people tend to be the same, you know. Um, and I've been in ninety five countries, and I'm absolutely blessed. But every country I go to, people just want to be happy. They want to take care of their families. They want to they want to practice whatever faith they are. Um, they they tend to be welcoming. They tend to be kind, um, and they tend to welcome curious people who want to learn. Um, and, and I don't think that's changed throughout history. You know, um, we, we have accounts from centuries ago of people traveling around the world and being welcomed by uh, local tribes and communities. Of course, those early travelers didn't turn out to be the, 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 the nicest people. But uh, when it comes to humanity, like travel restored my faith in humanity, you know, because I, I grew up in a very segregated and, and violent America. United States is the most violent place I've ever been. Like it, it is, it's, it's an, we are built for violence. Our, our entire existence is a violent one, but being in a place like Thailand now, for example, where violence is so rare, where it's such a oddity that to see a gun here is shocking. You know, it's surprising to see a gun now here um, versus growing up in America where I had a gun at 13. So it was like, when, when it comes to human nature, you all want the same thing, man. 
just to be I, happy. You said an interesting point that um, America, the most violent place that uh, you've been and that we mm -hmm. like love the violence. I can agree with that. We have so many fucking guns, which I'm a, I love guns. I think it's the last resort of protection. I'm going to put my life in my own hands. What do you mm -hmm. think of this, though, relating to human nature? The quote, might is right. Um, if you want peace, you better be prepared for war. Um, mm -hmm. You know, all the people in history talk about uh, you need to have that violent instinct to, to make things great or you get conquered like people in Latin yes. America. You know what I mean, they came down here, they raped and pillaged everything. You know what I mean? So is yeah. this is this amoral, though? Because, listen, you know, no, human because, nature and survival the fit. Well, and, uh, um, so, yes, yes and no. Uh, I believe as we evolve as a species, uh, humans have evolved through technology. Technology has been the greatest source of evolution. Of course, we haven't evolved much physically, but we've evolved intellectually over the last several hundred years. The more that we know, the better that we get. Um, at least some societies and some histories and some cultures. You know, if you step back and look at the 1500s versus now, we're very different animals. Like um, physically, we're very similar still. Genetically, we're very similar still. But intellectually, we're significantly better off. We know more. We know more about how the world works, how our body works, how um, our relationships between each other work. So we are a better global society now than we've ever been historically. Um, even in the 1980s, where we almost destroyed ourselves as a species, we almost wiped ourselves out during the Cold War. We're that close, right? So uh, I, I think it's, you know, what was it? Uh, Tread lightly and carry a big stick, I believe it was, yeah. uh, was the quote. Um, and it was like, yeah, um, if, you go, if you go into nature and you go on a trek, majority of the time you're not going to run into a bear or a wolf. It's just not going to happen. But you still carry a shotgun with you just in case. A rifle with you just in case he shows up. That's the way I look at it. It was like, I don't, I have a gun, but I hope I don't have to use it. But I'm going to be prepared. It's one of those better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it kind of situations. And I think that's how most people move and operate. It's uh, martial arts. I don't know about you, but I'm a martial artist. I've been doing jujitsu for almost 20 years. And the, one of the first things you learn, de-escalation. As a soldier, one of the first things you learn, de-escalation. As a cop, one of the first things you learn, de-escalation. So because you have that power, it puts you at a greater responsibility to de-escalate the situation and prevent yourself or prevent the situation from getting to a point where you have to use that, that power. You know, even if it's not a gun, I said, I'm, I'm, I'm strong with these hands. Even though I know I could win, everybody loses when it comes to that. You know, uh, somebody asked me recently how I feel about war. And I always say the same thing. War is never justified in that it's never going to be a good outcome. Everybody loses in that. Now, granted, sometimes it's the last option, but it's never like, well, Oh, this is great. I can't believe it. I'm so excited we went to war. No, it, 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 that means that as humans, we've lost. Like everything's broken down. I felt that a lot in, in Europe, you know, all the shit they went through the past hundred years and like the older people yeah. I met. It's just like they want peace. 
pacifist, yeah. you know, like that's why Europe is so soft too. They're they're allowing a lot of weird. You know what? That's there. why you know. See, I disagree with that. Soft. They aren't soft at all. They're hard as fuck in Europe. They just know. See, Americans are fucking soft. See, Americans don't know shit. And these children that you spit on as they try to change their worlds are immune to your consultations. They're quite aware of what they're going through. Ch -ch -ch changes Turn and face the strain. Ch -ch changes Don't tell them to grow up out of it. I was in the military for 10 and a half years. It pisses me off. When I see somebody who's never served a second in the U.S. military running their fucking mouth about we should go bomb them and we should go to war. Fuck you. You don't know what you're talking about. You weren't there. You don't know anything. You're too old to go now. So shut the fuck up. You don't know what you're talking about. Like anybody who's seen a good majority of veterans that I know are some of the most laid back, chill, anti-fucking conflict people I've ever met in my entire life. You, of course, you got your few meatheads here and there. But overall... The U.S. is so fucking ignorantly violent and aggressive because most people. When was the last time you saw any really never occupied been on mainland? It's never been on mainland. No, no one's seen it. No, yeah, no, they don't know any. They don't know what a con. They don't know what it looks like. But if you go to if you go to anywhere in Europe, oh, you're going to run into people who saw war. You're going to run like if you go to Croatia. That was 1990s Kosovo. Like they saw war, man. Like they saw real war. You go to Palestine, like they—that's war to them. You go to Afghanistan and Iraq, yo, that's war. What do you? But in America, we we're like, oh, let's go to war. Like you guys are fucking idiots, man. Like, and, and, and I hope I. Offend I agree. Like it's it's frustrating. It's frustrating for me, bro, because like at, at this point. I was here for 10 and a half years, and a lot of my friends are now starting to retire. I would have retired this year had I stayed in 20. And a lot of my friends are leaving, and they're fucked up, man. They're fucked up. It's bad. And the way the U.S. VA system is working, post-traumatic stress, PTSD, in the U.S., mental health issues. When I was in L.A. and Las Vegas, seeing so many veterans, homeless, and with mental illness on the side of the fucking road, but you have people who are running their mouths about being pro-war and pro-veteran. You have these politicians using us as fucking puppets for the campaigns, but they don't do anything for us. You know, for a country that talks so much about veterans, you don't do shit for veterans. What are you talking about, man? So for me, it's it's, it's a real sore subject, and it, and it frustrates me, man, because Americans are soft as fuck, man, because we don't know. We don't know. We don't know what war really looks like. Because We've been blessed. We've been blessed. We've been blessed. Okay. Maybe by soft, I meant this. After living in, in Denmark and Copenhagen, the military, the budget, the, the NATO, NATO, all that. Yeah. America pays for, for Europe. Yeah. It's like a satellite yeah. state with the military. We have bases everywhere. Yes. You know what I mean? What's happening in Russia? What's happening around Turkey? In Europe, it's always, it seems, and I get it though. Like you said, they, they've seen it. They don't want to deal with it. But then they say, okay, daddy, mm -hmm. America, take care of it, which that's mm -hmm. kind of what happens. Is it? Am I wrong? I mean, you you did the military, yeah. so I don't. That's absolutely correct. Uh, the United States military okay. is Europe's military. It's the United Nations military. I always say um, human rights aren't real. They don't exist. They're not real things. Uh, rights don't exist without force. 
rules don't exist without force. Laws don't mean shit without force. And without the United States military, human rights, none of them, the human rights, that means nothing. Saddam Hussein would have never seen a, a day in had it not been for the U.S. military. Like the, the people who were going up before the U.N., they don't see anything. The only reason Russia hasn't basically taken over most of Europe now is because of the United States military. So, this, I mean, this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm yeah, saying. So, so yeah, yeah. I mean, that's absolutely 100% right. You know, uh, from a, but, you know, <laughs> Europe is funny that way because they'll talk shit about our military all the time. And mind you, the guys, it's so we funny. We pay like, for their might, education. We pay for yeah. their social programs. They don't pay for it their might, own military. Yeah. It might sound contradictory for me to bash the United States and then, um, then advocate for us. Uh, but it's because I see the entire picture. I see the entire story. Um, Europeans, I, I go in on their asses too, because like you said, the reason they have these socialist programs, because they don't have to pay for a military, because we do all the heavy lifting for them, because we secured your borders. We stop Russia and China from doing whatever the fuck they want to do, because that's how the world is. And even if you want to play that game, we stop the British we stopped the Germans. We stopped pretty much every other country with a way stronger military than you from telling you what to do. And that's just because, you know, you give us cool trade deals and all that dope stuff. So, you know, I mean, it's a double-edged sword, you know. But, Nick, I'm going to pull this back, right? Let's pull the conversation back a little bit. Because where I'm at now today is a global view. I'm a nerd. I love science fiction, right? So every science fiction show that I absolutely love, Star Trek, uh, Star Wars, um, I've been watching uh, The Expanse, uh, all these great shows, uh, uh, Stellar is one of my favorite video games. There's one common thing. Every planet is ruled as a planet, like this planet and, and that planet and that planet. But the planet looks out for itself. Each individual planet is governed internally, right? We are decades beyond countries. We are decades past countries on this planet. We have to shift towards a more unified human race. Because if COVID showed us anything, right? You can call it a scam. You can call it a fucking conspiracy theory. You can call it a pandemic, whatever you want to call it. What it should have showed us is how interconnected we are as a species and how what impacts you impacts me. And if we had a governing body that had power around the world, I don't care what it looks like. We get one Chinese person and one American and one Danish, or, I don't give a fuck, whatever, right? But if you had one governing body to make decisions like COVID-19 vaccines or implementation, uh, trade rules, um, denuclearization of weapons, um, mass fucking genocides in places like Myanmar and China, um, if you had world hunger and drought, if you had a global community who actually had the teeth to govern these things, we would make our species stronger. Not America stronger, not China, not Russia, not Germany, not Japan, not Thailand, but we would make our species stronger. Unfortunately, I think we're so far gone into this, this, this individualistic, this nationalist rhetoric um, that people like Trump like to tout up that we're, we're more likely to destroy our species than to come together and benefit our species. I would um, think that would be wonderful. 
but I think it's similar to Bernie Sanders. The world government power is going to corrupt. Look at the closest thing that's happened with the EU. Now everyone's getting Mm -hmm. out of the EU. Italians hate the EU. They killed their country. Guess who runs the EU? Germany. Germany gets all the the best benefits from the EU. You know what I mean? It's a facade. I think we're always going to be a little separated. Maybe if we um, evolve more and uh, some shit like that, we can maybe come together. But I think human nature is bound to corrupt. And that's why I'm so anti-government. I don't like government. I don't like being told what to do, what to do. Not see, oh my god, bro. I can't I can't agree with you that because anti-government, I mean the, bar, the barbarian, the barbarians rule, man. Um, and it goes back to survival of the fittest and the strongest survive. You know, it goes into a mob rule thing, especially being you know, uh for me, uh if that was the rule, my people wouldn't exist, you know, because it's like I mean it, it you know, so obviously I got a vested interest in disagreeing with you, <laughs> but I, I believe I, I believe that we're better than that. I believe we're better than we're better than animals. Um, and, and, and you know, uh, it might be utopian. It might be. I, I believe my responsibility as a stronger man is to protect people who are weaker than me, not not subjugate them. Um, and, and I just can't buy the rhetoric. And, and you know, that rhetoric emboldens those who would use their power to manipulate. I think you're a good dude. I don't think if you had power, you would abuse people. You would abuse it. You know, so, you know, I think it's on those of us who are in the positions of power. The United States, historically speaking, we have not been, we, we don't abuse our power as a nation on an international scale. We have been the nation to stand up against the bully, to take a stand against the oppressor, um, and to liberate people. You know, of course, we have our own, <laughs> our own record of abuse. <laughs> I, I would say, I would say a lot of that is vested interest for the United States. Not yes, just, like when the yes, so- I just like when the Soviets liberated Poland. They didn't liberate Poland. They made their life yeah. hell. You know what I mean? a, lot so- of raping, a lot of raping, a lot of pillaging going on there. So, uh, you know, but, but I, I do, I understand where you're coming from. I, I, I feel you. Um, I just don't like the idea of, of just, of excusing bad behavior based because it's human nature or not fighting against, this thing because it's human nature or, or or striving to be better because of human nature. I think we have it in us to be better. It won't be perfect. Of course it can't be perfect. There's going to be those 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 seeds of, 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 of manipulation and abuse, but we can sure as hell make it better, right? Um, we are on, look, like, and I hate to keep bringing up Donald Trump. Yo, man, that dude that is the guy we gave the nuclear codes to. We gave that guy the power to destroy our species. The, the power to destroy our species at a minimum is in the hands of 11 people. At the minimum, at a, like a, on a minimum, because we don't even know what we don't know, right? We don't know what we don't know. You know, so you have these people in position of power who are elected by a popular vote, and they're, they have that ability to wipe out our species, bro. And it's like a reality TV show star who's not very smart was one of those people. I have, like, my, different, I have my different views on, on the Trumpster, and I, yeah. I don't subscribe to any political party anymore. Yeah. But I hope Trump and that dude is not. And, and Nick, Nick well, well, I had to cut you off. Back to your survival of the fittest point. That motherfucker is not the fittest in any <laughs> equation. <laughs> he is not. I'd, a, argue, you, I'd argue he's a master persuader. They to, to get uh, so many people to vote for him to come from yeah. no politics. He's got a lot of skill yeah. sets. He was in the entertainment TV. 
you can say what you want. He made deals, et cetera, et cetera. But my point is what I thought and I hope Trump would do his first time around was be such a maverick that would break up the the whole two party thing and, and actually show like, oh, shit, maybe there's something more to the, the political game that's going on. And he could be a wrecking ball. OK, did he do yeah. everything I wish he would have done? Probably not. But yeah. the the idea that a wrecking ball could come in and break it down to start from scratch was very appealing. But I think yeah, I got lost in the sauce. I think yeah, everyone got lost better. in the sauce. And I think anyone that gets to that level, they don't do shit. They, they go in the room and they say, hey, buddy, this is how it's going to be ran. You know what I mean? It yeah. don't matter what you think. The CIA, mm-hmm. the secret, all those people run shit. But yeah. anyways, I have, a, I have an idea for you. Because I think after being in Italy for two years, I love Roman uh, history. I went to every freaking mm-hmm. museum, seen every site. And I, I would them. argue that a lot of them were maybe not technologically more smarter, but uh, with wisdom, with life, uh, were smarter than a lot of people now. You know what I mean? And how it was technically more simplistic. Life was so simple. There weren't as many distractions and they had the opportunity to focus. Um, I think one of the worst things we have today is too much access. We have way too many things to distract us. It was, you know, like how many TV shows, how many times have you wasted an entire day watching a TV show? You know, like, you know, back then you had people, you're forced to think to survive. You know, there's a very big difference. Like here, you don't have to think because there are people in power. Don't worry about it. I'll think for you. Here, I'm going to make sure you got heat. Yeah, here, all you got to do is show up at 9 a.m. to 5 o'clock. You do this. You push this button, right? And I'm going to make sure you got food, you got a TV, you got lights. Just enough to keep you entertained. But back then, you had people who were like, yo, every day I got to scrap to, to survive. If I don't go get this fish, I'm not going to eat. Like I can't get wood to keep my family warm. It's it's a just a different time frame. It's different, you know. Those but even, who, even the philosophy, even the architecture, and here's where I think I think we do like different evolutions. Some in technology, some in spiritual. Let's say like the Egyptians, or say like maybe the Mayans. Probably a bad example, but mm-hmm. there's different routes for like civilizations to go. And right now we're in the technological one. And I honestly don't think our uh, our um, evolution, like you said, you know, physically and stuff, we're not we're the same as the Romans. You know what I mean? We Very haven't same. changed much yeah. in the last ten thousand years. But yeah. this technology shit, there's no way our brains could have evolved enough to handle all this crap. You know what I mean? So maybe we went down different. the wrong we path. Have, yeah, we have a lot of information, you know. But I think it's it's one of those double edged swords things, you know, um, what technology has given it is, you know, knuckleheads like you and me, the opportunity to get out and do pretty much whatever we want. You know, um, one of the biggest thing is I'm not trying to hit that excuse that I can't, we live in a world where a 13 year old can be a multimillionaire playing 2k on the internet. Like I don't want to hear that shit about how sad it is. You're abused. Did you know, if you make $36,000, you're in the top 1% of people on the planet earth right $36,000. This play, you know, you've been to Floripa, $250 yeah. a month, average person makes $250. Yeah. Paradise. Yeah. And it was, and it's like, yo, I'm not like, so that's, that's the give and take of technology. But I also think uh, I am a big, I'm all about the individual responsibility. If you don't, if you can't figure this shit out, be, I don't know what to tell you. Now I'm here to help where I can. If I see you, this is a great example. 
I've been, uh, let's say I've been a travel journalist for a little over a decade, give or take, right? I get, say, in a, in a day, I'll get maybe 100 different messages from people um, asking my advice, my tips, and my help, right? If somebody sends me a message that says, uh, Eric, I want to go to Europe, where should I go? And I'm like, yo, you've done nothing. Like the likelihood of you getting a response from me is low because you've clearly done nothing. But if somebody sends me a message and say, hey, Eric, I've always dreamed of going to Italy and Spain, uh, but I'm not really sure what time of year I should go and what cities I should visit. Um, I'm looking, I'm interested really in the history. Can you help me out? Then I can help that person because they've done some, they've done some work. They've tried, they've, they've made an effort to try to get the information. And I'm just another piece of the information. If somebody comes to you like, yo, Nick, how do I be a digital nomad? Like, well, bro, I don't know you, man. Like, I don't, I don't know anything about you. So like, what can I, how can I help you? Right. If you give me more information, A, and if you make an effort to, to find out the information that you just can't Google, then that's a different conversation, right? If, and at the end, and it becomes frustrating because people don't know what they don't know, and there's not many of us doing what we do. And those of us that do what we do, uh, our inboxes get full really, really fast. So we have to kind of weed through the information. We have to weed through all these emails, or we'll be sitting on the internet all day instead of actually doing what we're supposed to be doing. You know, coding or travel journalism or tra- whatever we're doing. So you got you got to either give value or you got to show that you know you're doing something. You don't want to help someone that's not helping yeah. themselves. So if you're just doing that yeah. blase yeah. blase, it's like it's a waste of time yeah. for both of us. I, yeah. I have a point here. I've been really on this recently. Um, I told you I'm not a fan of government. I'm not a fan of being told what to do. I'm not a fan of experts saying I should do this and that. But a lot of people are, and uh, I, I was thinking about this a lot recently. If you're not happy um, from where you are at right now. And normally you got there from listening to your teacher, your professor, from the CNN person, from the Fox, from the government. Um, and you got to the place you are right now, correct? Why do you keep listening to those same people if the outcome already happened? The spot you don't want to be. That made sense. Yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah. And it, 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 it's, like, you know, yeah, go ahead. Keep keep going. I made my point. Well, I think it's, it's twofold. I think you have a, a, a truly, it goes to, people are so inundated with information, they don't know what to believe. So they go to what is familiar to them uh, and what is easily verifiable or not verified. It, it, it's like, okay, this pe- this person looks like me. They sound like me. They like, so they must know what they're talking about. You know, my entire life growing up, I didn't see anybody traveling the world that looked like me. Representation matters. So why, like my biggest thing is like, why would I listen to this person who doesn't look like me, who doesn't sound like me? Uh, who, how, why would I think that person has my best interest, especially historically when people who don't look like me or sound like me have abused me, historically speaking? So that's stranger danger kind of shit, right? So I get what you're saying, uh, because but you also have so many people who, when they see me travel the world, they think I'm a unicorn. When they see you... Like when somebody who grew up the way I grew up sees a Nick, they're like, oh man, he's white. And his, his parents probably gave him that money. And, you know, he, he probably just, you know, he's just a rich white boy traveling the world. He, they, they don't know your struggle. 
because that's the narrative that's been fed to us all the time. You know, when they look at me, it's like, oh, you probably you probably rich or something. Like traveling the world, you gotta have some money, or you're just lucky. They don't see the countless hours we put in, bro. It's almost 8 p.m. here right now. As soon as I get done with this, I'm going to the gym to work out for 90 minutes, coming back, and I'm putting in another two hours of work. Then I'm going to go to sleep, get back up at 6.45, and start it all over again. So it's like people don't see that the the, the work that goes into it. But I think that's also our fault uh, as content creators, digital nomads, or experts. Uh, we rarely show that hustle, that struggle, because it's not sexy. And it's and it and it's vulnerable as fuck, like it's uncomfortable being that vulnerable publicly because you still then you have to deal with the haters. I was like, yo, I'm not trying to give my haters no more ammunition to talk shit on me, especially when I can't punch a motherfucker in the face through the internet. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like you got like so it's 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 a multiple multiple for the uh, issue. You you saying that as Nick, the guy on bold perceptions, like with this platform. Like, people are still going to be like, well, fuck, I don't know Nick, man. I don't know. Whatever. And then you're going to go about their day. But if Nick is sitting at a table with Eric and you ask that question, you're going to get a real answer. And then you can help that person. That's the problem we have is because people don't know what they don't know. And it's so much information, a lot of it false, is going around that they don't know what they're doing. I'll give you a, a, a quick example. I get in so much trouble from my friends and colleagues for telling them to shut the fuck up about teaching English abroad. And I'm like, yo, stop telling people to just teach English and they can travel the world because everybody ain't built like that. Teaching English is not easy. It's not just something that anybody can do. Like, you got to tell people, like, look, you. this is what I tell somebody. It's like, oh, how do I travel the world? I'm like, I'll tell you what you do. You find a way to make $1,500 a month and I'll tell you the rest. That's it. I don't care what you do. I can get you traveling the world for $1,500 a month and you will never have to go home. If you find a way to make that money, that's all you need. Instead of, hey, you got to go teach English. You got to become a, a, a coder. You got to become a travel blogger. You got to do all these. Uh, you got to learn how to trade crypto, all this shit. Uh, but buy my course. Make sure you buy my crypto course. Like, yo, sh- no. Tell people the truth. Tell them the truth instead of trying to sell them some shit. The reality is, whatever you can do that you're comfortable with doing long term, that you're actually decent or good at, and you can fucking tolerate, $1,500 US, it's all you need, and you can do this. You can do exactly what me and Nick do, but that doesn't make people money. It doesn't get many views either, yeah. <laughs> For some, sometimes it does. Uh, a good, people don't a want good the hard word. truth. People don't want the truth, man. Like so many people are used to this flowery cupcake bullshit that a lot of content creators are putting out. Like I'm like, yo, man, like that's that's rea- that's not reality. That's not real. That's, 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 that's how you're up though. That's how you're brought up though. These people that with the participation yeah. trophies. And that was my point. Yeah. You know, yeah. you listen to these people and you got where you are. So I would find other resources. And the word it yeah. goes back to is exposure. And uh, who really got into that word was T Bob from Foreign Strategies. Yeah. You know about he, he got exposed to different uh, perceptions in Scotland and Mexico and and it changed mm-hmm. them and that's where you figure out this knowledge like I love what you just said it's not like oh go teach English figure out how you can make fifteen hundred dollars and I will show you you can travel the world know what I mean you don't mm-hmm. need to be a crypto coder find out where you're good at what you like build it up to fifteen hundred dollars and you can do it know what I mean yep. but people aren't getting that uh, information but that's on them too 
know what I mean? They yeah. got to go find it. It's, that's their that's sauce. Here's an example. Um, were you in the military, Nick? No. Do I look like it? Let's look at it. Hey, you never know, man. Let's 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 look at it from a football perspective, right? Let's say you remember two days, right? I played football too. You remember two days. After you got done doing in, in the preseason, you did two days. You went through camp. And after at the end of the camp, you got ranked your varsity, your JV. To make varsity, there's a baseline. This is this is where you need to be to make varsity, right? It's the same thing in the US military with boot camp. If you don't make it through bull cap, you get kicked out with a failure to meet standards, general discharge. You could not meet the very minimum standards to get in. Does not mean you're going to be the best soldier. Doesn't mean you're going to be the best seaman. Doesn't mean you're going to be the best Marine. But you can meet these very minimum standards to do this job, to be in the military, to be on this team. You meet the minimum physical standards. You have to run a mile and a half in X times. You got to be able to do these push-ups and sit-ups. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera, right. You got to have a certain vision. Minimum standards. The minimum standards for being a digital nomad: fifteen hundred dollars a month. That's it. How you get there? I don't give a fuck. I don't care. I don't care how. I don't care how you get your runtime down to seven minutes. I don't. I don't care. You can do it on elliptical. You can do it on a track. You can do it training jujitsu. You can do it in a swimming pool. I don't care. Just get to that point. That's all you need to do. That's what people need to, to learn and do. The problem is people are lazy. They want to get spoon-fed everything because they've been spoon-fed everything. That's It is terrifying going back to the U.S., listening to Americans, people who I love and respect talk. Like, yo, you guys are going to get eaten alive when all this shit falls apart because it's already happening. The U.S. is already tearing itself apart at the same The illusion is breaking down. Like, the matrix is starting to blend like. Sorry, guys, it's over, and it's only going to get worse in the next decade. It is about to be an ugly decade for a lot of people because now those cushy nine-to-five Silicon Valley jobs, those are done. Those are over. They've been outsourced to people like us. You ain't got to pay. No, 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 B. You ain't got to pay me 150 k a year. I live in Thailand. Pay me 120 Pay me 120 and I'll do a better job. And it's totally the, the, facade is, the facade is getting exposed. No, 100. Yep. And anyone, the the situation it's at, everyone's got to have some multiple streams of income. You got to start figuring things out. Try to get location independent income because then you're way more free oh, yeah. and you can have way better lifestyle. But um, yeah, it's it's a wild world. I'm I'm curious. And this is what you talk about a lot on, on YouTube, right? Your content. Let's pitch mm-hmm. that. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm making a shift, you know. Um, I, I was going into – I'm a travel journalist, man. I'm just trying to get more brothers and sisters abroad, exploring the world, seeing different things, opening their eyes up. Um, but I'm really transitioning into a expat lifestyle um, content creation system. Um, so, for example, I live in Bangkok, one of the best cities in the world, and I rarely create any content on the city. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, you see what I do running around Bangkok. But if you follow my YouTube, you don't. So I'm going full on focusing on being an expat and showing people what it's like to live abroad. I honestly believe the U.S. is becoming a failed state and it's going to be a terrible place to live within the next decade. So I want to give as many people an opportunity to get abroad as possible and show them what it's really like to live overseas. I've met very few expats who was like, yo, I do not like living abroad. 
Very few. Of course, a lot go back home. Like I have friends, I have family. I'd rather raise a family in the U.S. as opposed to, say, Dubai. But most expats are like, yo, I much prefer living outside of the U.S., right? I take advantage of that passport privilege. So what I want to do is one of the biggest things about the United States is it constantly tells us who we are as people. It tells you which, who you are. It tells me who I am. Uh, the, the education system, the police force, the um, our, our friends and family, the religious structure, everybody tells us who we are. Abroad, I could be a fucking ballerina now and nobody would care, right? Nobody looks at me crazy. Like I'm, you know, I'm a six feet tall, you know, 110 kilos and I could be in a fucking tutu tomorrow if I want to be, right? That's a choice. People talk about freedom in America and most Americans don't know what freedom really is. We are free. We have freedom. Most Americans don't have freedom. I don't have a, I don't, I don't got to get up at 645 in the morning if I don't want to. I decided to fly to Hot Yai, Thailand to get the best chicken in the world just because I want to go eat fried chicken. Literally booked a plane ticket to go for, eat fried chicken and come home. That's freedom. So what I want to do... Though, listen, child, it depends, though. It depends on, it depends on what kind of freedom because you can't talk about the Thai yeah. king right now. You can't say anything bad yeah, about it's a matter, the it, It's levels to this. It's levels to this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's level. But what I mean is, like, uh, in the U.S., we talk about having all this freedom, but what, but most people really aren't free. Freedom comes at a cost, at a price, right? There's there's give and takes for that freedom. Um, but when you have people who aren't allowed to live, there's a difference between living and existing. Most people exist. We get to live. If I do want to say something about the Thai King, I just book a plane ticket out of the country, and then I'll say whatever the fuck I want. I have that opportunity. But how many people who work a typical nine-to-five job can just book a plane ticket and go somewhere else? And like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm going to go move to Spain for a year. I have a question. Hold on. You said uh, freedom. There's a price to be paid. Have you read How I Found Freedom in an Unfree World by Harry Brown? No, I haven't. Oh, you got to read that book. He talks about the price. And that's one. that book changed my life. That totally, with the stuff we're talking about right now, it all clicked after I read that book. Definitely check it out. I'll send it to you. But um, I, I, I understand your points. And it's... The, Freedom is not uh, regulated to one country or another. Lifestyle is not, oh, I'm going to have a better lifestyle here. You pick and choose. You find what's best. You leverage your, your assets from America, what you were born with, the opportunities, and you go where you're or your best, skills. You know? Or your skills. Or your skills. You know, find that lifestyle that you want. I know a lot of brothers in Brazil who are loving life, right? And when we were talking off air, I was like, yo, I get in trouble in Brazil. Brazil is a little too free for me. Like. And it was like, I whew, like Brazil. I need, I know myself and I need a little restrictions or, or, or lack of access to certain things. You know what I mean? So it was like Brazil, Colombia, Dominican Republic, like South America is a bad place for me personally because I know myself, but I have that freedom to be like, yo, I'm going to go here where I can, you know, kind of work through these things and enjoy. So my biggest, my biggest, one of my biggest takeaways for people looking for where they belong in the world is. What do you want to be when you grow up? You know, like I'm, a, I'm basically me at 12 years old with money. That's what, that's how my life is now. It's a 12 year old me. What would I do at 12 years old if I just had money to do and freedom to do whatever I want? That's what I do now. Like I, you know, talk to pretty girls. I go to clubs and bars. I travel around the world. I do cool shit like jumping off cliffs and and I go scuba diving. I train jujitsu in Brazil. I do all these cool things. And I would be my hero. So that's my biggest thing. You know, if, if you guys take anything away, create a life where you will be your hero at 12 years old. If you saw yourself now, 
as a 12-year-old, you'll be like, oh, I don't want to be that guy when I grow up. But a Nick at 12 years old, he sees you now. I was like, oh, shit. I want, yeah, I, I did okay for myself. Me as international a, international playboy, part-time professional yeah. athletes with yeah. little side gig and modeling. Yeah, life's good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, but but we built that. And you know, that has to come without sacrifice. Do I miss my family? Absolutely. I love my mom. Like I I, I there there are give, gives and takes to this, but overall, it's a big win, a huge win right now. It's, I think it's like a rubber band. I, I, I like to view it as these extreme highs and you get banged with the low. And if you can just reframe the lows and, yeah. and get balance in your life. But yeah. the highs, you can't get these highs like anywhere else. Just yeah. life on the road. Yeah. and It's addicting. And, you know, and it was like when, when you realize, like, yo, man, I'm going to die. Like, I don't think people like really like one of the, one of the best things for me about getting older is you know, people I grew up with are passing away. And, you know, I don't I don't wish that on anybody. But, you know, it, it reminds you, it's like, yo, man, like when I see Ric Flair, like Ric, Ric Flair was one of my heroes growing up and seeing how old and feeble he looks now versus his prime, you know, in the 80s and the 90s. When I grew up seeing him, I'm like, wow, that's going to be me one day. You know, that, that's really going to be me. And, you know, when we lost Kobe, who was, who, who was an absolute beast, I fucking love Kobe. And I was like, oh, we can lose Kobe? We lost Kobe? I'm like, no, 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 no. Prince, Michael Jackson, like we lost all these guys. Colin Powell just passed away. Like these people that I grew up on, I grew up watching, I grew up evolving, like who who, who has such a, a significant impact on who I am as a man now are gone. And I'm like, yo, I'm I'm 38 now. I think I've got a good 40, 50 years left in me. A good solid 40 to 50, right? I, I, I live by a simple, uh, simple truth. I want to die before I'm a burden. Like, I never want to get to the point where I'm senile, where somebody's got to change my diaper. I want to fucking die before that happens. I want to be gone, right? That's the that's the most, like, uh, Alzheimer's is the most terrifying thing to me. Dementia, Alzheimer's, that's terrifying to me. So I think I got a good, you know, a, a, a good ride, you know, 40, 50 left. I'm going to enjoy that, man. That, I'm, I'm going to do whatever I can to to have the, the most enjoyable time in those 40, 50 years. I'm not following some death spot. I'm not, you know, going to do a bunch of things that I don't want to do unless it leads me to the things that I do want. Um, I'm going to try to help as many people as possible. Uh, I'm probably going to try to have as many babies by different women around the world as I possible can. But just have fun, man. Like, I'm going to try everything. I'm going to try every drug I can. I'm going to try every experience I can. I'm going to go every place I can. That's living life. So when it's all over, when I'm on my deathbed, I have no regrets. I'm like, yeah, this was a fun trip. This was a fun ride. Uh, I'm much younger than you. Actually, not much younger. But I, I think uh, ever since I've been doing this travel lifestyle, the years, it, it feels like, you know, last year was forever ago. You know what I mean? The amount yeah. of experiences and things as I packed yeah. into it. And it's just a mindset switch. You know what I mean? Because when you're mm -hmm. an American younger, you go to Mexico and you spend – $1,500 for the week for the all-inclusive hotel. But like you said, you can live out $1,500 in 80% of the world. In Mexico. <laughs> yeah, in Mexico. Right in next Mexico. door. Right next door. Right next door. Yeah. So, but, hey, I lovely. I got to actually go hike to the nude beach uh, today. Yeah. I'm going with the girl. I'm going to get – it's going to be fun. It's going to be bring back to the European ways. They, they get naked a lot on those beaches. But oh, yeah. I appreciate you, <laughs> Mr. Prince. It was a lot of fun. Uh, the Minority Nomad on YouTube. Your Instagram is Minority Nomad, correct? Yeah, minority Nomad everywhere, man. You Google Minority Nomad, it's me. 
and you're transitioning to expat lifestyle. Anything else? Yeah, yeah. Courses or consulting? Nope, absolutely nothing, man. Uh, they're, they're, I don't sell in. anything. I sell nothing. Like, um, if 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 you need anything, reach out to me. Um, Instagram, I always answer everything. Uh, but you know, you guys are gonna see a big push on my YouTube channel. I don't post that much, but I'm trying to get up to posting three times a week. Amazing. Well, I appreciate your time. A lot of good oh, stuff here, good conversation. Me, and I hope to see you one day in uh, Thailand. You plan on being there for a while? Yeah, man. Um, I, I'm not leaving Asia. Um, I might stop back in the U.S. Uh, in April for a conference or two, but Asia is going to be my beat for the next two years. I'll be somewhere in Asia for the next two years. Okay, amazing. I hope thank you for home, man. When you come back to Bangkok, Nick, I got you, man. I get, I got, I got some trouble. I get you in, man. <laughs> <laughs> I like trouble. Good. I appreciate, man. Um, All right, cool. Later, man. Thanks so much, man. You have a, have a good trip, man.